0: All right. um, let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, as we uh, come this morning, thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary, because that made a difference. It was an eternal difference. Everyone waited on Calvary. The saints of old, their sins were covered until Christ's blood washed it all away. I thank you, Lord, that we are part of your plan and that you expect us, Lord, to um, stay within it, trust you, and experience the results. So, in our time together this morning, thank you for our time and uh, help me now to clearly share with the saints. As we look closely again at the resurrection from a different perspective. In Jesus' name we pray and all the saints there. amen. We're looking at John uh, 21 verses 1 through 19. And as we um, look at this particular uh, chapter, um, of course, this is after the resurrection. Jesus had to restore Thomas by interest, and this, of course, uh, entering into the middle of his disciples and inviting Thomas to physically validate his return. I believe that Thomas would not have made it. Jesus returned with the next phase of God's master plan of redemption and reconciliation. This new level required all of the disciples to be on the same page can you imagine uh, everybody else is uh, singing hallelujah and and thomas is there uh in the middle of them and and he and he's uh, uh he's despondent and discouraged and they supposed to go and, and win uh, and proclaim the gospel what type of group is this um so um consider the difficulties of these situations which needed christ's intervention the illusion of disciples on the role of uh, Emmaus Uh, as the scripture says but um, they said "But we have hoped that he was the one who redeemed Israel yes and besides all this it's now the third day since these things happened you first have the guys uh, want to come down to the the ones who are disillusioned um, and uh, they're on the road to Emmaus and uh, Jesus come right along and uh, say, "Hey guys, how's it going?" They say, "Oh, okay. Uh, why are you sit down? Why?" Yeah. I say, "Don't you know what happened?" No, no. Just go. What, what? What happened? You know? And they and and so they just kind of sharing their hearts and their disappointment. Jesus had to come back straight straighten these folks out. Sometimes we we miss the picture of what God is trying to say to us. Uh, We let circumstances distract us from God's ultimate plan. And God wants us to keep our eyes on the ultimate plan. I don't care what this world is doing. So the disillusioned disciple. Then you had a devastated disciple, uh, Thomas. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Well, number one, that was a very emphatic statement that he made, you know? um, uh, We've seen songs like, I shall not be moved, I shall not be moved. It's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He said, well, unless I have the burden of proof, I'm not believing it. Well, one, one thing, I, uh, the, the situation that Thomas was in, I can understand that. But again, I've I quoted to you Proverbs uh, Twelve seventeen, where it talks about truth always have the burden of proof. Whenever there's truth, there's always the burden of proof to validate it. And so he says, unless listen, unless I've seen all these things, here's where I stand, guys. You can rejoice in how the Lord uh, looked and all that, but I don't believe it. Okay, um, Thomas was still meeting with the disciples. But he daring there and with a different mindset. Then he had to discourage and detect Peter. John 21, 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Or he'll say in the King James, Simon, son of Jonah. Do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. We'll get that back to that uh, because that's the core of what we'll be talking about later on. But you see here, the, the, the devastated, the uh, discouraged, uh, the disillusioned disciples. Jesus had to come back. Uh, oh, he already settled for the, for the world and died for the sin. Now he got to get the folks will be going out there. Uh, some, uh, some are disoriented. and, and this, He had to come back and clean up things. Uh, and it's not just like the Lord. He will not leave you hanging. If you're hanging out there and you steal trouble, don't blame it on Satan. Don't blame it on the Lord. Take a long look in the mirror and say, mirror, mirror on the wall. It's me after all, okay? so Just, just, just do that and you'll be, I trust you. Trust me now, you, you'll get feel a little bit better when you admit where you are. Uh, you won't need to side characters at this point. All of them have personal issues that need to be resolved, or they would have tremendously affect. It would have tremendously affected their mission and ministry to others. You, you cannot tell other folks to trust Christ, and you're saying I don't believe. And unless it, you see what I'm saying, you, you can't come with a, with a what's it called, an oxymoronic situation where you say one thing and there's another on the other hand. Uh, what people are people supposed to believe it's not logical or possible to minister to others from a negative or compromised mindset when jesus returned the first order of business was to restore and energize his followers the next thing he the next thing on the agenda was not to say anything to the pharisees no 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 they're already doomed okay uh, but the first thing he needed to do, and I keep telling you folks over and over again, I'm learning from Scripture principle, stabilize the environment. What are you supposed to do? Don't try to do anything if you don't understand what's going on. That's why you always take your friends, who, what, when, why, how. Know exactly where you are. You're you're in an accident, you're in an accident. Just stabilize the environment. Know where you are. And what Jesus did, and we're learning now, this is a class and learning how we follow in Jesus' steps. He says, here are the things you do. The first thing you do is see what type of environment that that you'll be a part of that will make a difference. And here, these folks are mixed up and everything else. And so Jesus, of course, uh, had to straighten that out. Um, Jesus made very clear to his disciples about the importance of abiding. And so, the, so let me just just a, a side note here. It says John eight thirty one. So Jesus said to the, the Jews who had believed in Him, "If you abide in My Word, you are truly My disciples." Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. He had to come back. He's, he's, he's that whole uh, vine and we are the branches. He had to come back. He says, apart from me, you cannot do anything. Okay? Thinking it through. Everyone has their story or victory, confusion, discouragement, etc. We're entering into Peter's story this morning. There are some principles and and concepts we need to uh, establish in our lives. Let's observe and learn from Jesus' approach to Peter's uh, dilemma. Three things we should keep in mind. And, And understand now, we're in a classroom as to how we're learning to Christ, how we do ministry. How do you meet? Uh, everybody with me? Okay. Uh, we are past the say We are already past. The state. Everybody know about Jesus Christ down on the cross of Calvary. All those are very important. Hebrews says, lay aside the rudimentary things. And let's get down to a business that really make this thing ticks. And so, so what we're doing, we're getting now down to the rudimentary thing because you know all of these things. Okay. Uh, they have the seven last words year after year after year after year after year. Let's go deeper. Okay. And so that's my uh, endeavor this morning. And that's why I said, go to where the person is uh, is residing. That's the person Jesus Christ says, listen, if you wanna get things together, go where the person is. Next, develop an environment that is conducive for dialogue, got it? And then the next thing is, always seek to establish closure and favorable results. Yeah, that sounds pretty easy, okay? So then now as we look at this this whole scenario from uh, disciples and learning from Jesus, let's go over these things and see what's happening. First, go to where the person is residing. The Lord has always been the seeker. We are blessed to know and love him. The uh, carnal rule for being an effective seeker is, number one, You must have a sincere, not vindictive heart. You can't be a seeker. And you have already sunk your ship. Okay. The next is, you must love the person. Remember what we defined about love? Love is not a feeling. Okay. Love is a noun. Love is a a total commitment to an individual for the rest of his or her life, regardless of whether they respond, reciprocate back to you, love. When you, when God says, when the Lord wants us to love one another, it's an unconditional love. And I said this uh, to you before. I just want to re- repeat it. Uh, I, I said to my, my uh, children also. The whole idea is, and um, had a chance to speak to them face to face, face to face. Said there are times when we. We'll disagree. I say, but there's one thing I want you to know. I will always, always love you. Now, whether they heard me with their inner ear, to the bottom of the heart, I don't know. But I was, the Lord knew, knew the sincerity of that. And the same way I say to this congregation, it's not that you've done anything or I'm holding any grudges, but I'm just letting you know that regardless of what it is, my commitment is to love you regardless of where you are. If you're down low, then that's where I have to go. I'm getting feel bored now, okay? Uh, that's what happened with Peter and all the others. They were down low The where did Jesus do? He went, he went to these guys because that's where they are. And his height can now bring them up to that same level. So it's, it's so important then. Uh, you must have a sincere, not a vindictive heart. You must love the person. You must keep in mind that past failures should not label a person or group of life. There's, I mean, if you look at that, um, uh, the prison uh, fellowship, you know, <laughs> uh, was uh, was because of what has happened to a brother who was put into prison, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, uh, there was a uh, an individual I was constantly with an individual about uh, marriage and everything else, and um, uh, checking out backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and. Want to make sure this was in place and this was in place, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, Well, I said, I said, there's a person I would like you to meet. He's a really nice guy. Um, matter of fact, it's um, been a, a blessing to a lot of folks. Um, and, I, and I think that you'll really appreciate what he'll do if you get to know him. Oh, oh by the way, uh, he has a prison record. Um, he's responsible for numerous murders, um, uh, and um, he has God to forgive him, but would you consider uh, dating that guy? He said he was saying, he, uh, are you looking at, you, you're judging the person by what he had done, you see? Uh, I consider what the important uh, thing about this is that, is who that person is. You must uh, have a sincere and not a vindictive heart. You must love the person. You must keep in mind that past failures should not be labeled a person or a group for life. You must keep in mind that the Lord's eyes are on your response in any given situation. In any given situation, God is looking at you and where you are without saying to God. Okay? background <laughs> finishing uh fishing in the middle east was always more productive at night because of the heat of the day the waters were cooler and the fish would move off toward the surface so that's why we said we've been fishing all night well one of the reasons is that um that's when the fish come up they don't come out you go there now you will find very few boats out there on the lake because they know that the fish are not going to be there until it's late at night until it's in the, in the night so they've been fishing all night. And so lesson one, and there's three lessons. Lesson number one, Jesus will meet you even when there is an emptiness of the heart and fish net. <laughs> Amen. Now, understand, it's not that the Lord doesn't care. Don't ever blame God for not caring because of the difficulty of your situation. Jesus will meet you right where you are. Amen. Okay. Notice the brief inquiry in response of the disciples. Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Here, again, Jesus will meet you. Uh, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered, no. And Jesus is a master of words and confrontations. He asked a, a reverent question. And receive an immediate response. No, let me pause for station identification. Let me take a little bit deeper here, folks. This because this we're dealing with male, male and female differences. Okay, uh, and here you find that if we had uh, some women out there uh, trying to do it and said, uh, "Children, do you have any fish?" The challenge, I want to tell you one thing. I was we've been out here all night. My hair feels bad. I'm my my arm is aching. I'm sick of this water. I'll be do you have any fish Shall i tell you one thing fish or no fish you know how i feel today you know uh, you you ask a guy just how's your day guess what he's gonna say fine okay you see? i mean that's that's the, the norm. and and to men that's a book you know I, i'm not kidding i'm not kidding you Homie, is not lying to you. It is It is. It is a book. Well, within, but if you keep pressing him, uh, how do you feel? Then? Ah, stay off my back. I had a long day. I, I need to answer all these questions. I told you it was okay. But to a man, it's okay. Jesus is on the seashore. And here the disciples have been told all night, couldn't catch any fish. And Peter is, is a pro at fishing, couldn't catch anything. And said, did you find any? Did you catch any fish, children? And he said, no. And, and that was it. That was, I mean, this drop right there. And they go on to the next subject because Jesus understood where they were. And they knew where they were. And that's why we see that emphatic no there on Scripture. I just thought I'd just explain uh, that uh, to you. Okay. All right. Um, Thinking it through, have you or are you still in a situation right now that appears to be going nowhere? How do you feel about all of your efforts going or coming up empty? What is your plan? Are you at the point where you're saying, is everything working out fine? No. (laughs) Uh, And the Lord wants us to be honest, too. You know, uh, Peter and they didn't have any excuses. They just, he said,
1: no, no. Number two,
0: develop an environment that is conducive for dialogue. I think this is very important. John 21, uh, starting with verse 6 says, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you find some. So they cast it, and and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple, (laughs) now this is John writing, so that disciple, you talk about me, you know. That disciple whom Jesus loved, uh, therefore said, (laughs) boy, I tell this guy, uh, he he keeps putting that in every time he writes, you know. um, They said said, uh, to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, about a hundred yards off, hundred yards figuring in our mathematics that about three hundred feet, um, equivalent of about a block and a half, you start walking brock it's it's a nice little walk, but three hundred feet is anyway they were three hundred feet off. okay, um, the presentation when they got out of the the on on land, he saw a charcoal fire on in place with fish laid out on it and bread. When they got on land, they saw McDonald's or you know. The, 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 everything was just laid out. can, can you imagine uh, understand where they're going to understand where they are, get into their hearts. They've been fishing all night, they are tired, they are wet and everything. Do you know what it means to get on shore and see you don't have to cook the fish? and uh, and Jesus just had a place just laid out for you, you know? And the Lord just have things just laid out for you, laid out for you. When Jesus meets you, he's already prepared something for a decent dialogue. Amen. And so, so we find here that uh, uh, they had some uh, some fish and bread. And they were satisfied with that. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. He, didn't, he, he included them. You know, uh, uh, The fish that you could. Now, now you know they didn't catch them. Uh, they picked the fish up, but they didn't catch those fish. The Lord told them where the fish were, okay? But the the Lord is gracious. He doesn't get into details because he has something greater to say to them so that he does not get into details. But he he used inclusion. And he used the inclusion to create an environment so he can talk with them. You see what he's doing here? And so he says, hey, guys, uh, I I got some fish and it's all ready. And matter of fact, bring your fish too. Come on, bring your fish here. And we'll put it all together. Wow, what an environment when the Lord meets you where you are. The, the first thing you find out that when you, when you meet him, uh, when he meets you where you are, he start developing an era of peace where it'll settle your heart and your mind. So Simon and Peter went up abroad and, and hauled in that, uh, a shore full of large fish. Notice how this guy described it, you know. Um, 153 of them. Although there were so many, the net was not torn. Oh, here are some little bits of information here. Number one, the adjective describing the noun. A large fish. You know, some people exaggerate, you know, but here it says, here he had 153, not minnows, large, the, the big kahunas. All of them out there, all of them, bringing in 153 of them. And um, and then it says, and the nets were not torn. When the Lord gives you something, you won't lose it in the process of bringing it in. And so the nets were not torn. In obedience, Peter retrieved, uh, retrieved the large fish, 153 of them, and not one of them was, was lost, and that was not, was not unbroken. Let's go to the next uh, slide then. Participation. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dare ask him, Who are you? They knew who it was. And Jesus came and took the bread and he, he gave it to them, and so. With the fish This was now the third time that Jesus had revealed was revealed to the disciples after he has risen from the dead. I believe that at that time it was not about a bad night of fishing or a miracle of large fish, but why Jesus met them the third time. It was not about the resurrection. They must have had a moment of fellowship. With one another. This guys, we're not gonna do any talking. About anything else. Let's just let's just eat and enjoy each other's fellowship. Uh, I, I want to I want to mention this too that the persons that was in that fishing group, it wasn't all of the disciples who went fishing. It was seven of them that went fishing, and guess who's among the seven? Thomas. Uh, and so Thomas now is is with the disciples, and they're around the fire. And Jesus is, has prepared, prepared the fire for, for them, and, um, and the atmosphere now is conducive for what Jesus wants to do. Lesson two Make sure that you have created the best environment for effective dialogue. When, we, when, we, um, when we're following the master, make sure that we, we do that. Make sure that you have created the best environment. For effective, for effective dialogue. Not only did he prepare the meal, he invited them and they all sat down and they ate. That's what it was all about. It was about fellowship. From the fellowship, the fellowship is a more in other words, like everybody in the same ship. We're fellowship, wherever we're going, I don't care what you, you, we're in the same ship and we're not gonna, when we get there, we're gonna still be in the same ship. So may as well make ourselves comfortable in the ship. Fellowship, okay? That's Don Racket's perspective of it. Right? Um, always seek to establish a favorable closure. Here's what the Lord did with, uh, with Peter. Verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to them, feed my lamb." Uh, Simon, they finished, finished eating little fish sandwich and everything else. Uh, Do you love me more than these 153 large fish? Do you love me more than this? See, Simon have gotten off, off kill here because of a couple of things. Number one, when he Said, I'm going fishing, he affected everybody else. Now, what's the problem going fishing? Well, the master said, I will make you fishers of men, but now they're in a, in a rut where they're going back fishing for fish. Oh, he had to meet them. They had to get, get these mixed-up dudes. I had to, he said, I got I gotta meet you. And he said, Now listen, Simon, do you love me? Oh. Oh, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love me more than these?
1: Yeah, Lord, I love you more than these.
0: Then, then feed. Feed my lambs. Uh, you know, the, the the Greek dialogue between the two is this. Simon, do you agape me? <laughs> and Peter says, Lord, I phileo you. <laughs> And so he's, I, I love you like a friend. And then Jesus said, no. Do you agape me? I feel it, oh, you. Well, even on that level, will you just feed my lamb? Oh, but he won't let him off the hook. He denied him three times. And Jesus didn't bring that up in the conversation. He didn't say, well, now since you denied me three times, I'm going to ask you three questions, okay? No. He said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, Lord, I love you. Then feed my lambs. Okay, Lord. Oh, no, no. And then he said to him second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He gets, he gets now, Peter's really gets Peter's attention. Because, see, Peter had to be delivered. Remember, he's the guy who cursed and sweared and said, I never knew him. Uh, Peter, you had a bad background there, Pete. You were the one who pulled out your sword, who yacked out the man's ear and everything else. Pete, I, I, I tell you, uh, do you love me more than these?
1: Yeah, Lord. He said to him, Yes,
0: Lord, you know that I love you. Um, and he said to him, Tend my sheep, not only feed my sheep, when you tend sheep, you you, you really get into their life. You really make sure that the things are not happening in their life. Tend my sheep. Then he said to him the third time, Simon, oh Lord,
1: son of John, do you love me?
0: And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Here it is in Greek. Agape me, Lord, you know I play o' you. Agape me, Lord, you know
1: I play o' you. Play me,
0: Lord, <laughs> I, I, I get it. I got it. You know I love you. Regardless of how you understand it, I want you to do something. Don't say, oh, how I love Jesus, and do nothing. Go and feed my sheep. you are teaching us some lessons and dealing with individuals, right? You get to the person, and, and and one thing that you learn is don't use the blame game in order to bring the person back. They won't come back. They just go deeper. Keep the blame game out of the conversation. Why? Because it's reconciliation. Not retaliation. And in reconciliation. You're willing. You're, you're, you're pulling that, that individual. Um, uh, that uh, made in the image of God. And in the likeness of God. You're pulling that individual back. To where they should be with the Lord. Would well, they be willing to hear? And if they can hear you, during a time of reconciliation. There, I find that there's there's healing, there's encouragement. Uh, the past, Satan cannot bring up the past. Praise
1: the Lord for that. Amen.
0: Twenty one eighteen. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young. You used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by, the, by what kind of death he would, was to glorify God. And after that saying that, this he said to him,
1: "Follow me."
0: You see, the, the first one was, was a question Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. He said three times, Do you love me? Then he says, Okay, follow me. Don't so go back to those fish, leave them in water, and go fishing for men whose souls are lingering out there and be ready to be, be ushered into eternity. Follow me. I went up to the cross of Calvary to die for your sins. And now that your sins are forgiven and I have already prayed for you, according call it, call it, uh, to Matthew, then Lord says, follow me, follow me. I-, I trust that we will have that in our hearts and in our minds to follow the Lord. Okay. Observation. Notice that Jesus aborted P- Peter's failures and focused on his future responsibility. And the impact of his mission. There were three critical things that Peter was instructed to do follow me, feed and tend the lambs and sheep. And here's another one, Peter. You say you love me? You're going to die a very specific way. Facing the cruelty and being a martyr for Christ and being focused and functioning in the will and word of God. You're going to follow me. You're going to feed my sheep. They don't expect everybody going to pat you on the back. Matter of fact, they'll kill you. And and Peter, uh, historians say that Peter, when they were getting ready to crucify him, he decided, he said, for them to do it upside down. We don't know how the real mess of how they... um, They martyred Peter. We know one thing. Peter stayed with the stuff. Oh, let me just inject something. When when the Lord spoke to Peter along this line, do you think that that Peter was walking on cloud nine for the rest of his life? No. Peter was Peter. Paul had to withstand Peter uh, uh, among the Gentiles. because uh, Peter kind of shied away when he saw the Jewish brothers and his ministry to, uh, to, the, Gent- uh, to the Gentiles. Uh, and so what happened was Paul was to the Jew uh, and, and Peter was to the Gentiles and here Peter's ministry doing well until he saw some Jewish brothers and all of a sudden the fear came in and he withdrew from his ministry temporarily. And Paul was stood him to the face. In essence, don't forget who you are, where you are, and what you're supposed to be doing. Never forget that. Never forget that. Well, just thought we we'd some of the passage of Scripture out of here as we, we look at this whole idea of Jesus and his disciples. Regular guys, uh, guys who ask questions, guys who are infighting as to who's the greatest, I am not, no, you're not. I am. I'm not. I, the whole thing didn't even get the pitch, and yet it's still, Jesus is right there. If Jesus is with them and He's uh, really Jehovah Shammah and Emmanuel, don't you think that He'll meet you
1: where you are? Well, uh, you've been very patient. Lesson
0: three. Here's the third lesson. Pray and help your brother or sister to focus on the present and future, avoiding what happened yesterday. L- leave yesterday out of the picture. Number two, um, psychiatrists might do it to bring the person back in, but um, leave, yesterday out, leave yesterday out of the, the picture, will you? Um, I've been constantly now for over 40 some odd years. You get nowhere dealing on what happened yesterday and you're not able to deal with today so you already messed up your tomorrow. So hey, uh, be careful. Next one is provide a realistic picture of meaning of a following Christ in a world that has rejected God. Next, provide encouragement to give this person a sense of purpose that will make God look good. You love me, Peter? Feed my lamb, feed my sheep. And oh, by the way, um, you'll be martyred.
1: But get in there and hang in there.
0: You can do it, Peter. No discouragements, no put-downs. So guess who's around that fire? One who's Thomas, unless I put my hand in his nail... Thomas was around the the fish fry. Peter, who denied him, got all these guys around, and the Lord just bring them all together. He said, I got to get my troop together. I got to get them together. If you're going to do anything effective, he says he's going to be a good disciple, do what I do. Get them together. Not according to your agenda. According to God's agenda. And God will bless it and use it to his glory.
1: In his ultimate purpose.
0: I I think basically you got the idea. One last thing. He's back. (laughs) Jesus sought out the men. He had children where they were. And made the necessary adjustments. To ensure their impact on the world. To the glory of God. He's back. He's willing and able to meet us. Where we are. Enable us to be what God has determined before the foundation of the world. Our Lord is back. And uh, I just want to challenge you, just kind of think through. uh, All of us have different relationships, in different relationships, whether on job, whatever the case may be. Are you at your best when you do it? If not, why not? Jesus said, "I before I get those guys out on a mission and telling others and sending them out and everything else, I had to get them together. We get a hint as to what needs to happen. And so it is. Um, make on a personal level, you can't do anything if you messed up you just be messing up everybody else. That's why Hebrews talk about the fact that there's no root of bitterness to value. you. Why? Because if it, if it troubles you, it's going to defile many. So let's, let's get it together and keep the big picture in mind. God's going to judge this world. People will be lost forever. And God's love was so tremendous that he took heaven's best to make a difference. And may this day, as we see what Calvary has done, and we're on the other side of Calvary, and that we have all of the equipment to make a difference,
1: to make up our mind to do it today. Um, that's why I'm in prayer. Father God, as
0: we uh, come this morning, how I pray for each one of the believers where we are, in our thinking and actions. We want you to be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that when you meet us, the Holy Spirit have already, uh, 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 how can I put it? He, he, they've already made us understand that it's, we're not in the right place. He com- He convicts us. That's the word I'm looking for. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And then through the course of conviction, there's a tag off where we come to you. And even when we can't get a prayer through, the Holy Spirit even take our prayers and lay it before you. I don't know how last week have been, Lord, that's yesterday. It's what will be today and tomorrow. Help us, Lord, um, to Accept the fact that you're back. You're not taking any more whippings. Um, You're not taking anything uh, that um, goes against your holiness. And you're coming to judge the world later on. But Lord, I thank you that we can be getting our act together as we line up with you. We're in a very difficult world. Things are not getting better, they're getting worse in every situation. But the best place that we can be, Lord, thank you, is under your wings of protection where we can pray, be satisfied, have our joy, have the proper perspective. Oh God, I pray for Chicago Land Bible Fellowship Church that we answer the first one. Do you love me? Then Lord, help us from our hearts. I love you. They say, well, if you love me, follow me.
1: Help us, Lord, to follow. And
0: if you love me, be ready to be misunderstood, disliked. But I will meet you where you are. So thank you for what you're going to do with the saints. Thank you for enabling me to share with the saints, Lord. I trust you to let your word have his way in each one of the lives. And of course, if there be one, if there's a, a tape on this, whatever the case may be, that do not know Christ, Jesus will meet you. He'll meet you where you are. All we have to do is expect, uh, to say, uh, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. And I believe that you are God. And that you came in the flesh, died on the cross of Calvary for my sins. And I ask you right now to forgive me of my sins and make me a part of the family. Thank you for what you're going to do in each one of these lives. For well, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the same
1: said. Amen. Amen.